Hi there. You're listening to the Cary Church Podcast. We at Cary seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to cary.asn.au. Good morning, Cary Church. My name is Sarah. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the associate pastor here at Cary Church. And it is my privilege to bring the word this morning. For something a little different, Dr. John Ollie gave today's Bible reading at the beginning of the service. And so if you were here on time, you were blessed with that. And they would have, those verses would have given you a clue as to what we're going to talk about today. We are partway through our current Being and Making Disciples series. And if you were here last week, you hopefully remember that Pastor Mark spoke about water baptism, or otherwise known as believer's baptism. Now, if you missed that one, I recommend heading online to our new website. Thank you, Sue. It's looking amazing. If you haven't checked it out yet, head over to the new website um, and have a look around. But you can check out the podcast. But I just want to give you a quick rundown. Now, we looked at Jesus' baptism. So Jesus was baptised by John the Baptist, and we looked at how the word baptizo, that is the Greek word for baptism, baptizo, and it means to immerse, and which is how Jesus was baptized. Um, his whole body was immersed under the water and he came up out of the water. And that's why we baptize people that way too. That's what Jesus did. It's how all of the New Testament baptisms were done. And that's how we practice baptism today. Now, Mark 1, 9 to 11 tells us at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. It's really a beautiful scene, isn't it? You know, if you've been baptised or you've witnessed a believer's baptism, then you know how special the occasion is. And I know how excited that I get when someone says yes to Jesus. And I can see from this verse that God is pretty chuffed when that happens too. Now, the other significant thing about water baptism or believer's baptism is that it is only for believers. The baptism is only for people who declare that Jesus is who he says he is. He is the Lord. He is the Son of God. He is the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead, beating death and paying the price of sin on our behalf. This baptism, baptism is for people who make their own decision to follow Jesus for the rest of their life. Now, it's not a cute little ritual. It's not a quick ticket to heaven. It's a public declaration that you are serious about dedicating your life to obey and follow God. And when you make that decision, I think you'll be pretty excited by it. I get so, so totally excited by it. And I reckon that even maybe you might even get as excited as this kid in this video. Let's show you that one. This morning... Uh, who have accepted Christ as his Savior and as his Lord, and he will demonstrate his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, by willingly being baptized this morning. He's been waiting on this day a long time. <laughs> and so, Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son 
And I was the homeless <laughs> kid it's like that's like me like bundled up into a little excited kid the joy the excitement the anticipation he just couldn't wait and uh, I'm trusting that when God finds you and grabs hold of you that you won't be able to wait either so that is a two-minute rundown on water baptism and I highly encourage you uh, if you want to know more maybe what I just said makes no sense to you at all Come to the baptism class after church today. Stay around, ask questions. Our fearless leader, Pastor Pete, will be there leading the class and he would love to journey with you in this. But what I want to explore today is another type of baptism. Now let's look at Mark 1, 7 to 8. This is John the Baptist speaking. He says, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Now he's talking about Jesus here. I baptize you with what? With water. But Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Good. Now I'm going to do lots of that today. So if there's like this awkward pause, you're like, has she forgotten the words? No, it's I want you guys to participate. I'm hoping that it will be up there so you won't have to guess what it is, but uh, you'll be able to see it up there. So who is familiar with the Holy Spirit? Let's see a raise of hands. You're familiar with the right? Yeah, great. Who loves the Holy Spirit? Yeah, there's a few of us. Who thinks the Holy Spirit is only for weird people like our Pentecostal brothers and sisters? Yep, a few, few hands. That's okay. Honesty is great. Um, I have many close friends who are Pentecostals, and I love our Pentecostal brothers and sisters. I love their passion and their energy. Who is scared of the Holy Spirit? You can be honest here today. Anyone scared of the Holy Spirit? No one honest enough? Yeah, one person? Yeah, I think it's because you probably encountered the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's great. You know, maybe you don't know much about the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe your experience with Christianity has been more Father, Son, and Holy Bible uh, and not a lot of Holy Spirit, and that's okay. You know, we are people from many places with many different experiences and thoughts and ideas, and I love that. And because we have people in our church on all parts of the Holy Spirit spectrum, um, I want to explore baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Is that okay? Yeah, if not, take it up with Pastor Pete after the service, okay? So we know that John the Baptist gave the message about Jesus coming and baptizing with the Holy Spirit. And we, we just read that. And then in Acts 1, 4 to 5, we see Jesus telling his disciples about what's going to happen. And he tells them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So John said this was going to happen, and Jesus is now saying the same thing. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we read that on the day of Pentecost, it's 40 days after the resurrection of Jesus, that John and Jesus, what they said was going to happen was fulfilled. It actually happened. Acts 2, 1-4 tells us that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, so often we just gloss over this, like this stuff happens all the time. But if we take this in, it's pretty cool. And we have two descriptions of the Holy Spirit from 
uh, what we've already read this morning. And the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus. And then in this verse, it's like a violent wind that looked like tongues of fire. Now, I don't know about you, but these are not normal circumstances and occurrences in my life. Okay, in actual fact, if someone told me that this is what they witnessed on the weekend, I would probably ask them what they've been smoking. Anyone with me? Right? Yeah, (laughs) that guy knows. Um, But this is what is recorded, and this is what was witnessed by a stack of people. Now, if you've been around church for a while, you would know that the Holy Spirit came after Jesus had left to go be with God the Father. So Jesus had died on the cross. He had risen from the grave. He was hanging out with his disciples again. He was doing some pretty awesome party tricks like you saw me die, but ta-da, I'm here in the flesh. And he was freaking people out everywhere, as you can imagine. And just as they were getting used to Jesus being around, being alive again, Jesus then leaves them and ascends into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit came. Now, it's important to remember that Jesus told the disciples that it, what was going to happen. He was teaching them. Before he left to return to heaven, Jesus spent some time preparing his disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus said to them. John 14, 16 to 17, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says, The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But to his disciples, Jesus said, You know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. Now, I am so totally grateful that these words of Jesus were recorded because they actually teach us a lot about the Holy Spirit. Now, first of all, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a he. He is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. Now, if you don't know what the Trinity is, it's the collective term that we give to God the Father, Jesus the Son of God, and to the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is not a gut feeling or an it. He is actually the person of God. He is a person Secondly, we understand that people who are not believers simply will not understand the Holy Spirit. They can't see him. The things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. So for those of you who are not followers of Jesus today, you may be going, you know, this all sounds wacko to me. Well, it is if you haven't been born of the Spirit of God. And the third thing Jesus went on to say is this, not only will, you, not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, But here's what's amazing. The Holy Spirit of God will also be inside of you. Jesus told his disciples that they will be baptized in the Spirit. You are going to be baptizo. You are going to be filled, overwhelmed, overcome. You are going to be immersed in his powerful Holy Spirit. So what does that mean to us? Well, it means that if you are a follower of Jesus... The Holy Spirit of God, the very same Spirit that raised Christ from the grave, lives inside of you. The miracle power of the Spirit of God dwells within the believer. That way you can talk to God, you can hear from God, you can have the power of God. If you are a Spirit-filled follower of Jesus, you are no longer a natural person. You are filled with a supernatural power of God. And so the question is then often asked, At what point does someone receive the Holy Spirit? Does it happen at the point of conversion when you surrender your life to Jesus and receive his free gift of salvation? Does it happen when you get baptised by water? 
Is it a separate occasion again? Is receiving the Holy Spirit different to being baptized in the Holy Spirit? And there are varying degrees of thought around this. Even in this room, there will be varying degrees of understanding and theology around that. It's also very likely that people in this room who have always thought this was just too tricky or confusing and you just gloss over anything Holy Spirit in the Bible. And, you know, perhaps some of you would have had what you thought were weird and wacky experiences, perhaps uh, in churches where they're talking about the Spirit and Nick Minute, people are on the floor, people are wailing, some people are laughing, some people are speaking in weird languages. Maybe you haven't experienced that, but you've heard about it. And maybe you're thinking, no thanks, this Holy Spirit thing is whack and it just isn't for me. Maybe that's you today. So let's, let's take a look at this. You know, let's allow the Bible to speak to us and see what we can learn about the Holy Spirit. So let's start with Acts 1.8. Now, this is where Jesus is telling his disciples about when the Spirit comes. And he says, you will receive what when the Spirit comes? power. You will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now from that verse, what we know is that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, when you are filled, when you are Holy Spirit baptizo, you will receive power. What will you receive? Power. power. Say it again. Power. Wow, you guys are getting into it. All right, if we read other passages of scripture, we can actually see what that power looks like. And there are five things that I want to explore with you today. Okay, five things. There are heaps more, but here we're just going to give five things that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do in the name of God. So the first thing is this. The Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. Let's just start there. What happens? Well, the Spirit of God draws you to Jesus. You are supernaturally drawn to Christ. And then God can save you miraculously. That's a really tricky word. No, everyone say miraculously. miraculously. Oh, you guys say it way better than me. All right, God can save you miraculously because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, a good example of this is when Jesus was having a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Okay, now Nicodemus didn't want his other Pharisee buddies to know that he was talking to Jesus. So he actually snuck out in the middle of the night and came to see Jesus. And he said, Jesus, you know, you're amazing. You did all of these miracles. You must be of God. And Jesus goes on to say, hang on. First, you need to be born again before you can understand all of this. And Nicodemus is like, what are you even talking about? Born again? Like, can I go back into my mother's womb? Like, that's weird. I'm a grown up. I can't do that. And Jesus goes on to respond to him this way. John 3, 5 to 6, Jesus answered, now I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Jesus said, flesh gives birth to, birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. In other words, your mum gave you physical birth, but your heavenly Father will give you a spiritual birth. You can be spiritually born anew. Now, when you invite Christ to be the Saviour and the Lord of your life, all of your sin is gone. It is cast away. The Holy Spirit then fills you completely, transforms you, and now you can please God because you've been spiritually born anew. The power of the Holy Spirit leads us to salvation. And Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself, God's Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, good. I'm excited by it. Come on. Um, That's the first thing. The Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will give you the power to do all sorts of things. The Holy Spirit will also give you the power to share Christ boldly. He'll give you the power, the wisdom, the words to share Christ boldly. Now, some of you may be like a lot of people that I know, and you get really nervous and intimidated when you're talking to someone about spiritual things. You think, well, I'd like to reach out to them, but I may not know what to say, or I may mess it up. You know, they may ask me a question, and I won't know the answer to it. And they might ask me something about the Bible, and I might be clueless. And so rather than sharing Christ, you often hold back. Can anyone relate? Yeah, a few honest people here. Yeah, I want you to understand this morning that as a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to share the good news and the love of Jesus very boldly. The Apostle Paul knew this. He was a little insecure about some of his preaching, and he recorded this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5. He said, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but instead they were the demonstration of what? Of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. In other words, he said, my abilities weren't that great. I'm not an incredible speaker, but when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit came and did what only he could do. And that's what I love about preaching. I'm not that good, but right now, the Holy Spirit is saying stuff to you that is just for you, stuff that I'm not even saying. Like I'll say something and then whoosh, the Holy Spirit comes and he personalizes it for you. And you'll walk away going, God spoke to me. Why is that? <laughs> because he did. He will say things to you that, you that don't even come out of my mouth because the Holy Spirit is personalizing this message for you. Now, the same goes when you're going to share Christ with someone. You may think, oh, I don't know what to say, I'm nervous. And all of a sudden, God just comes on you and you just have this boldness and you just start sharing and the Holy Spirit is prompting you and guiding you and giving you divine boldness. So what have we learned so far? What does he do? One, the Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. Secondly, he gives you the power to share Christ boldly. Thirdly, he gives you the power to live a holy life. So when the forces of darkness want to tempt you into a sinful lifestyle, the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to live a holy life. In fact, Scripture says it this way in Romans 8, 5 to 6, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. For those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Before a person knows Christ, it's so easy to be dominated by the sinful thoughts Because without the Holy Spirit of God, we are vulnerable to the temptation of the evil one. But when we know Christ, we are filled with his spirit and his spirit gives us the power to live a holy life. His spirit renews our mind and we start to think about the things that please him instead of the desires of the fleshly nature. Now, scripture goes on to say this in verse 6, If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Question. Will you be controlled by the Spirit? Or will you be controlled by your sinful mind? Think about that for a minute. Will you be controlled by the Spirit? Or will you be controlled by your sinful mind? Because it will be one or the other. 
Galatians 5, 16, 17 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. There will always be a battle for you. The demons, the forces of darkness want you to do the devil's will. But remember, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to live a holy life. A fourth thing, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you the power to make a difference with spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, when he fills you, he will give you certain spiritual gifts, gifts that you don't have the power to do on your own. They are directly from God. They are spiritual gifts that will empower you to make a difference in this world. Hebrews 2.4 says, But God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. God will give you certain gifts, certain abilities that are from and by his Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12, you can see different lists of the gifts of the Spirit of God. You can look that up at home. But quickly, Scripture says that God may give, you some, of, give some of you the gift of wisdom. Uh, Pastor Aaron shared about wisdom a few weeks ago. Great message. Some of you may have the gift of discernment. Some of you may have the gift of prophecy, where you can call things out even before they're there. Some of you may have the gift of giving. Some have the gift of speaking in other tongues. Some have the gift of interpreting other tongues. If you have that gift, come and see me. You'd be very helpful. Some have the gift of serving, where you just love to serve and you're good at serving and you're blessed by serving and you make a difference by serving. Now, some of you have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Some have the gift of administration. Some have the gift of evangelism, where you can just lead people to Christ. Some have the spiritual gift of mercy. Some of you, many of you probably have the gift of teaching. Uh, You have the gift of discipling others. You may have a spiritual gift of making chocolate brownies for your pastors. A very valuable spiritual gift, isn't it, Pastor Pete? Amen. That God will give you these supernatural gifts to use within the church and to make a difference in the world. If you know Christ, then the Spirit lives in you and he has given you gifts. They may be a little bit eerie, or they may be just as natural as serving. You you may not know what gifts you have yet, but it is a gift from God that he has given you to use in his church. And I want you to understand this morning that if this is your church home, then there is something, and, and sorry, if this is your church home and you've got a gift and you're not using it, then there is something that God wants to be done that is not being done. He's gifted you with a spiritual gift to make a difference in his church and in his world. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to how many? To each of us, and that includes you. Why? It's a means of helping each other. God's Holy Spirit will come and he will give you power. One more. You guys doing all right? Need to just have a shake. All right, Holy Spirit shakes maybe? No, all right. Number one, one more, number five. We're not starting at number one again. Number five. He will give you the power to have hope in a hopeless world. Now this thought 
And this scripture for many of you, I believe, will be life today. And I encourage you to let the Spirit speak directly to you in this moment. In Romans 15, 13, Paul said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that again. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, so many people today have very limited hope. They are not overflowing with hope. They may be overflowing with toilet paper right now, but they have very limited hope, you know what I'm saying. If we put our hope in anything besides God, our hope is going to be limited. If we put our hope in ourselves, we have limited hope. If we put our hope in other people, again, our hope is limited. If we put our hope in our circumstances, our circumstances will only take us so far. Our hope is limited because it it is not put in an unlimited God. The good news is, though, if you put your hope in God, he can cause you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are hurting today, If you are afraid, put your hope in God and let him overflow in your life with joy and hope by the Spirit. If you lose your job, continue to put your hope in God and he will be your provider. If you find yourself, um, if you find out that someone you love is sick, continue to put your hope in God and let the Holy Spirit be your healer. If you find yourself worried about tomorrow, wash your hands and put your hope in God and let the Holy Spirit be your comforter. If you lose someone you love, as much as it hurts, we don't have to grieve like those who have no hope. We can put our hope in God and the promise of the resurrection and glory eternally in heaven. If you are hurting today, put your hope in in God. And those who hope in anything else may will have limited hope, but scripture says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are hurting today, if you are fearful today, if you are anxious today, I pray that this verse becomes so real to you that even though you don't see anything that you can have hope in, that you can overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And church, I just want to invite you right now just to close your eyes if you would. I just want to quickly talk about two pieces of spirit-filled advice before we wrap it up for the day. First one is this. Whatever you do, Don't resist the Spirit. Don't resist the direction and the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is a gentleman and he will not force himself on you. He will not do anything in you or through you if you are not willing. But when the moment comes and you feel the Spirit prompting you, at that moment, you have a choice. You can be open to the prompting and the moving of the Spirit, or you can say, Uh, that probably wasn't God, and nah, I don't want to do that anyway. The Bible says that you could actually quench the Holy Spirit, like pouring water on top of a fire. If you resist the Holy Spirit enough, 
One day you're going to wake up and go, why am I not sensing the Holy Spirit? And it's because you've resisted him too often and you've heard him. You don't res- so don't resist the Holy Spirit of God. My second word of advice, whatever you do, be filled. Be baptized, be immersed in the Spirit. Allow God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, what does alcohol do to you if you drink enough of it? It makes you weird. It makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. It takes control of you. Don't let some substance control you. Instead, be so filled with the Spirit of God that the Spirit of God controls you, that you hear from Him, that He leads you, that He guides you, that He corrects you, that He convicts you, that as you are walking along, you can sense that God is saying, do this, do that, reach out here. You can never do it by your own strength, but there is another power that is available to you. Call on Him and watch the Holy Spirit fill you, strengthen you, comfort you, guide you, counsel you, and be your intercessor as He empowers you to live the life that you are incapable of living on your own, a life that will bring glory and honour to God in heaven. We're just going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, would you fill us anew today? Would you touch us Would you move freely in this place? Would you empower ordinary Christians to live an extraordinary spirit-filled life? Would you rule and reign? Help us to overcome our flesh and surrender fully to your power that we may please you and live for you in every way. Church, as you continue to pray this morning, those of you who would say, I am a believer unquestionably, but I am not living with this power. I believe it's real and I want it. If there is more of God and He has more for me, I want it. Fill me, baptize me and reveal to me everything. I am weak. I need your strength. I'm not good at sharing my faith. I need your power. I'm hurting. I need your hope. I know God, but not completely. Holy Spirit, give me everything that God wants me to have. If that is you this morning, would you just lift up your hands right now? I'm going to pray over you. If you want more of the Holy Spirit power in your life today, just raise your hands. I see those hands. Yeah, hands are going up all over the place. God, I just thank you for so many people who are hungry for more of you. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I pray, God, that you would fill us, baptise us and change us. May we be immersed in the power of your Spirit. I pray for those who have people they love and they don't know how to share their faith. Come upon them boldly, God, by the power of your Spirit. Lord, for those who are hurting or fearful, give them a supernatural hope that is overflowing by the power of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, comfort them. In this moment, may they experience you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would break strongholds and addictions. God, even those who have, who have very practical struggles, I pray that you would be strong where they are weak. We ask that your Holy Spirit would reveal to us just who you are, how much you love us and what really matters. 
that we may enjoy the fullness of God through your love empowered by your Spirit. And in this moment, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would draw people to yourself today. Church, as we're still praying, I am believing that there are those of you here today who supernaturally, something is happening. And perhaps you are feeling drawn to God. Some of you are church people. You know, you've grown up around the church, but you'll recognise, you know what? I kind of know the right answers, but I am not really sure that I know the one who really knows the answers. I may have trusted in churchianity and religion, but I don't know that I really know God. Maybe that's you. And right now God is drawing you by the power of His Spirit. Others of you are not church people, but something is happening and you are being drawn to God today. Your friends may think that is weird and maybe you don't truly understand it, but that is the power of the Holy Spirit revealing your need for God today. And today you may recognise you are apart from God and you want to be with God. Today I simply invite you to call on His name through the name of Jesus, the one who lived, shed His blood, died and rose again so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be transformed. I believe that is why you are here this morning. It is not an accident. It is by the divine purpose of God. And right now you have a choice. You can accept Him or you can reject Him. The choice is yours. The Holy Spirit is calling you. And there are those of you who are going to say, yes, all of my life, every bit of it. God, I surrender to you through your son, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and change me. And he will. And you will be transformed and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and you will never be the same again. And so if that is you today, would you call on the name of Jesus to save you and make you new? If that is you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a moment. But if that is you, would you lift your hands in this place this morning? Say, yes, I give my life to Jesus. I see that hand at the back. I see that hand in the middle, over to my right, over to the side over here. If you, would you leave your hands up for a moment? This as a, as a symbol of surrender to God. And if you've raised your hand, would you pray this prayer in your heart to God? Pray, Heavenly Father, Take all of my life. Please save me from my sins. I believe Jesus died for me and He rose again so I could live for Him. Fill me with Your Spirit. Make me brand new and empower me to live a life only for You. Thank You for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said, Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, welcome to the family. That is so awesome. Yeah, give them a round of applause. That is so good. If you have felt God doing something in you this morning and you want prayer, if you want the Holy Spirit to fill you, we have our prayer team. They're going to come down at the beginning of this next song that we're about to sing. They're going to be available to pray with you. If and You know... It's so easy just to dismiss what we've been feeling, what we've been talking about. But this is your time to do business with God. Don't leave this place without pushing into God. So if you want the Holy Spirit, if you want more of God, come forward and we'll pray over you. If you're feeling fearful or anxious, 
come forward, we'll pray for you. If you are just celebrating life right now and you love the Holy Spirit and He is He is the Lord of your life, Jesus is the Lord of your life, you can come forward for prayer as well and we can celebrate that together. But let's stand to our feet. Let's worship. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to move in this place. Let's be open today.